Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Our Football Podcast, episode 81. Welcome back, everybody. As always, tons of stuff to talk about today. And as always, is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? I'm great, Amy. If you guys hear any honking, I'm currently in my car. Something that's really unusual at this moment. But yeah, you know, you gotta start doing stuff. And apparently we have to wash the car because it's black and it looks gray at this point. <laughs> it's gotten to that point. No, but this is how dedicated yeah. we are to the podcast, guys. Adriana could be walking, she could be driving, Ollie could come and pull my hair. We do it all just so we can talk about Mexican soccer. So Oh, and by by the way, congratulations, Amy, on being hired by the marketing jersey in that new position. That's really amazing. I'm really, yeah, really thank for you. you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, for any of you guys who listen to this pod and haven't heard. I have joined the marketing jerseys team as a communications and community manager. Um, a lot of words for a lot of different things. <laughs> um, so definitely we'll have to adjust on some things maybe with this pod. I'll definitely let you guys know as we navigate through all of it. Um, Guillermo and his team are super cool. Um, you know, they all have their own individual voice, um, but there will be adjustments that have to be made. So we'll just go along with it as it as it changes. But very, very excited. Um, you know, that agency obviously has done such amazing work with women's soccer, something that Adriana and I doing this pod feel very passionate about. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, work with them and work on some projects moving forward. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. Cool, cool, cool. That was a lot about me. What about you, Adriana? What's going on with you? How's life? um i mean just preparing for what seems to be the busiest summer ever so i I actually think that preparing for it is a lot more stressful than actually just like doing like during what will happen during the summer yeah because it's just yeah it's it's just um like looking into teams and logistics and um, just making sure we have every like all the agencies we need and looking at everything with the tech team so it's yeah, it's really, really busy. For sure, for sure. And speaking of really, really busy, I mean, obviously, Adriana is at the forefront of all this. But I mean, let's just dive into it, Adriana. We have Mexican national team news for not every, I'm not going to say like every, we're not going to get into like youth stuff, so to speak. But we have news for every single like big section. We have senior team news, we have the Olympic qualifiers, and we're going to get into three feminine um, at, a little bit later. But to start it off, Adriana, the senior team had their, their friendlies, obviously uh, lackluster, if even, against Wales. But then they managed to get a 1-0 victory over Costa Rica with the goal from Chucky. Chucky himself at the post-game press conference talked about it being strange and ugly. And they're just trying to adjust to this experimentation that Tata Martino is trying to implement with all the injuries and absences that the team has. But how did you look at those friendlies um, from this past weekend? They were actually you know, like underwhelming. Like I, I really expected a lot better games, and I, I was really psyched to see them back. I mean, we, we had what, what seems like we're, we're just gonna like have so many games this year, and I was just really excited to get that going and to, to see how several players are doing with the national team because obviously it's different than when they're with their clubs. But it was, I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but it's pretty close. I was like, man, I mean, we we have we need stuff to get done. Um, I was really worried about not having a, a, like another striker. If it's not Chicharito, yeah. if it's not Raul, it does seem as though we're really struggling to get someone to just step up to that position. And not because they're bad. I mean, I think Chucky did a pre- did a pretty decent job, but it's not his ideal position. So I am kind of worried at this point for specifically then. It just seemed as though they had like no personality, and that's kind of something like a big bummer. Usually, when you're looking at 
not not like not looking at the game because you have to cover it for like to write an article or anything just like as a fan it was like it's not really exciting so i was kind of worried i mean i still want to give them a chance i mean they haven't played together in a while but still it was kind of like oh man really this is it yeah i mean granted i know there's some technical i mean the guys talked about in the mexican soccer show uh on monday you know there were some technical aspects to the loss against Wales that was supposed to be offsides does that change the factor of the course of the game but I think you hit it on the head for a lot of people that were watching it right not just as as reporters or analyzing the game just as fans I think we were all so consumed by what the Olympic qualifiers brought us that I mean in and of itself this wasn't comp- this wasn't competitive right it was friendlies so yeah. that might have had an underwhelming factor but then you saw the product on the field and you were just like ugh like this is not this is not good and then I mean Chucky himself was incredibly frustrated I hadn't seen Chucky that mad on the field in a while um and I think he alluded to that fact uh, you know after the game against against Costa Rica I think even when he celebrated there was just a sense of relief you know he's trying to understand the system he's trying to to make sense of it he understands why he's being put in that position it does frustrate him he said that right he's like I'm I am uncomfortable I prefer to be somewhere else but I'm going to go ahead and follow, you know, the the rules and the plan that that the Martinos implemented. Um, and I think when he finally got that goal, I mean, credit to him and and Mexico. I think that second half against Costa Rica was ten times better than anything we had seen. It in was the, in those yeah. first three, you know, separate halves, counting the whales in that first half against Costa Rica. Um, but it is still worrying, right? Because you you do look at it and go, okay, Henry Martin's not available. Alan Pulido's not available. Like you just said, Chicharito, is he even still going to be one to be brought back to the national team? We, none of us. I, I really like that too, right? I mean, we all do understand the absence of Raul Jimenez, but everybody understands that his recovery is the top priority. And, you know, we're just going to have to make do with that. But it was, it was incredibly like... Uh, just just do something you know but I, you saw you saw a promise of some kind of improvement in that second half I think against Costa Rica yeah definitely like the last 15 or 20 minutes were definitely an improvement but it was just after that they also made several changes in the lineup and and I, I as a fan it was really frustrating because I really just not only wanted them to play well or, or at least better than they actually did I actually wanted them to have scored a goal before that so um, yeah, definitely worrying. I mean, obviously, yeah, we, I don't think anybody has like a doubt in their mind that we have to keep Raul like off the field just as long as he needs to. Um, nothing that will be more important than him actually coming back and being, being healthy and just being as highly confident that he's, um, that he's, he's doing well. Right. So yeah, the thing is now we're kind of missing that that striker position, and it does seem as though it just reveals how how much we depend on him. Because we know Chicharito is not well; wasn't playing well last year. Hopefully, he will this year with, with MLS league starting soon. Um, but other than that, we're, we're we're starting to struggle with that position. So it, it's looking into now. What are we going to do? Because Obviously, you have to look into the Gold Cup. Yeah, so I mean, we'll just have to we'll just have to see what happens with the national team. I mean, they finished their friendlies; they didn't lose both of them, which is good. I mean, we're one goal from saying this has been a disaster, but it is what it is. So I think that I think that win against Costa Rica gave them some confidence. I think it gave Chucky confidence to believe in himself. 
um, to play in that kind of position. Granted, which we'll get into in a little bit right now, he might be an option to not even play in that system over the summer. So that might be an interesting dynamic, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't good enough. So we'll, we'll just see what happens in the next upcoming matches that the senior team has. And then moving forward in a completely opposite direction, while there was lackluster on the senior side, the Olympic qualifiers ended and Mexico was undefeated. They went the entire time obviously qualified for the Olympics with their win over Canada and then beat Honduras in PKs um, five to four. An exciting game. I think it was, it wasn't lackluster, so to speak, but it was very close. And I think that that was something that we all learned from that match against the U.S. Honduras was a very competitive team. They had a system that worked in their favor against, um, against Mexico for the first few minutes, even scored first. Um, you know, get a PK from JJ from JJ Macias and then go to PKs. And I, I think Curado for all the doubt that all of us had <laughs> on that poor soul. It wasn't doubt, it was just like nervousness. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all the nervousness that everyone had on that poor soul, he perfectly executed the penalties. It was so emotional at the end of the game. I mean, seeing him cry just made me very emotional. Um, but it, 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 it in retros, I mean in and the complete opposite field for the senior team, it gets you excited for what they can do going into Tokyo. It does, right? I mean, I looked at that team, and I think that team had what we missed out on for the senior team. It had personality. It had it, – it, there were definitely games that were more exciting. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I usually it, – it's a weird thing, though, because I'm usually really even more excited when I look at into, like, the U23s or the U20s sometimes and the actual senior team. Something happens, like, halfway between, like, being a U23 and then being on the senior team that you kind of lose that that excitement, that, that, like, edge, you know, on the field. But I was I was really happy to see the team perform so well. I'm really happy for Jaime Lozano um, just doing so well. I, I was remembering someone said how he missed out on uh, the World Cup because um, – it was, um, wait, I'm trying to remember who it was that they took in this place. Well, now he has like a, a type, like sort of like a small vengeance uh, with the national team, even though it's now as a coach. So I was really excited. Um, I do think Honduras kind of put Mexico on the spot in, in some moments. I mean, they were a really tough yeah. team to beat. Um, I was really happy for them. I mean, obviously, everyone was also talking about how much, um, like, I don't even think it got the amount of attention it deserved. Like the fact that the U.S. for third Olympic, uh, for third straight Olympics was out, um, despite having a really really exciting young generation come in, and then we had all this stuff about these players not being able to make it to the qualifiers, but rather being on the senior team. So I mean, that being said, um, great for the Mexican team that actually could have a really competitive team on on the field in Guadalajara, and it just makes you wonder, like how that negotiation between players for the senior team for Gold Cup uh, will take place with those who will be considered for the Olympics. I mean, I really do think Cordova could play for the senior side if he wanted to. I don't think he will because I do think he's even stronger right now with the, with the Olympic team. But you start to see those players that will definitely be in some sort of conversation between what's best for either team, right? Yeah, and I think the priority, they're all they're both... <laughs> Lozano and Tata Martino both being very like casual about this, right? They're like, no, whatever we decide together, oh, you know, it'll be a respectful thing, right? Tata Martino saying that he's not Lozano's boss and he's gonna, you know, he he understands the importance and regardless if they don't have the players that they need, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
But I do think the priority does lie in the Olympics. And I think the discussion is a good discussion to have, right? It's one where, I mean, people are almost saying in a positive way, not so much to create drama. They're like, maybe we don't have to win gold. Maybe we just medal and that's a positive thing. Um, but you do start thinking about the priority that the that the Olympics lie, just like I was saying, right? Chuki is trying to learn a system under Tata Martino, but maybe they maybe that's what the maybe that's what the youth side needs at the Olympics. They need somebody that's hungry for those goals and will prove that um, going into Tokyo, especially with Raúl Jiménez absent. I mean, the priority has always also been a goalkeeper. So, I mean, everything's up in the air, yeah. but it's up in the air in a very positive way. Exactly. I, I love the fact that even Martino says, I'm not Lozano's boss. I mean, we're just colleagues and we'll look into what each other needs and it's an open conversation. So I really love that. It's like really like it shows a really great like work relationship and the environment. And it just shows that, yeah, I mean, there, there could be a priority that benefits one team over the other, but it doesn't mean as though the other team is actually going to feel bad about it or just think that it's not fair or anything like that. So I was I was I'm really happy with how the conversation is going. I definitely think they're going to go for a goalkeeper, not because Malagón and Jurado did poorly, just because it is like the strongest position you could get. Um, and then I don't, I'm guessing a striker and either someone in defense. I know that Herrera was an option that was thrown in, <laughs> that was thrown in there as well. I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but I do think if you're going to have the goalkeeper, you might want to have that defensive strategy. Cause like you said, Cordova can play both, but I think he's had some yeah. magic in these qualifiers. So he might be a very good option in midfield. So you can kind of feel confident as Lozano saying, maybe you don't need that much there in the middle. Maybe you need somebody in leadership role in, as a goalkeeper. And then in the defense, you know, because it is such a tough competition or, you know, it is a big deal, despite what others have been trying to say. It is a huge deal. And so when you go up against those other countries, you're going to want some of that cushion in the back. Um, so I think the goalkeeper defender will be a priority, in my opinion. And then, of course, you're going to just need that, like, lethal striker, which might be Chuki. Yeah, so definitely, I think I'm leaning more towards Ochoa being, what, like, one of those players that you're going to bring in from the senior squad. I mean, we know it's always a goalkeeper. I just think him with personality... Um, we're kind of covered with the Gold Cup. I mean, you could have Orozco, Corona, um, maybe even Talavera come in. So I, I'm, I'm not worried for the senior squad. And I try to get in that position because, I mean, we had Corona in the 2012 Olympics. Um, probably someone, I mean, we had Salcido and Oribe for 2012, which is obviously the example we all want to follow because after that, uh, after that Rio was just a mess. So, yeah, I... I I don't know. I'm kind of doubtful about who we could bring in for that striker position because if we're struggling on the senior side, it's not as if we're going to have that many options come in for the Olympics, just disregarding the fact that it's going to have priority over the Gold Cup squad. But still, it doesn't seem as though there's like an obvious choice. Maybe you could look into someone that will not necessarily be a striker, but still have that um, that potential for the offense, like, I don't know, like a Pecatito maybe. Um, Andres Guardado, I think, has mentioned on several occasions that he'd be really interested in being in that Olympic squad. So, um, it would be also great to have someone who has that strong leadership also with the squad. So uh, let's, let, let's, see, let's see. I mean, obviously, you, you have to think also about just balancing out emotionally the squad as well. You don't want like three players coming in, all three having a, a really strong leadership position. You'd need one or two of them usually. So let's see how that goes. I mean, it'll be really interesting. And I think they'll probably make a decision somewhere around mid-May because that's when we need to know who is, is actually going for the Gold Cup. And then we'll like know by default who's actually being considered for the Olympics. Another thing to consider is the fact that since the Olympics aren't a FIFA tournament, they're going to have to ask permission from their clubs. So hopefully no one will say no. Um, but still, I mean, it's just something that will have to happen at that point. Yeah. 
um also bella is still available if he wants a chance no i'm just kidding i think <laughs> i think that discourse is done that, always, that was like he killed that argument didn't he like that that when he when he was asked about that the, yeah yes i think i think both of them killed it in a very similar manner they were just like look this man does not want to play with us anymore like everybody else needs to get over it i mean i've said it i know we just started in there for the banter unless there's some wild change in his mindset yeah i think it's solely for the sake of creating a discussion of probability but it's not at all plausible at this point i think both of them very both Lozano and Tata Martino both clearly said guys he's just he's not even involved with the national team anymore let's just not talk about it and I understand it I respect it it's just yeah I I, I think we were just surprised by the way he said it yeah usually you don't, you don't get those kind of direct responses sometimes um but he was pretty clear he was like no one gets to choose if they want to come back you just have to be available if you want that opportunity and you don't get to choose if you want to come back and where you want to play I hope maybe he'll like the jerseys more than the away jerseys for LAFC make me upset. Like it's a, it's not, I don't like them, but <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll like the pink ones and be like, you know what? I changed my mind. I want to go play for the national team. Ah, well, uh, but looking forward to Tokyo, clearly, I mean, this is going to be a fun time. I mean, the only thing that makes me sad in the, in the discourse of the U S not qualifying the men's side, everybody was like, it's okay. At least we have the women's side. I'm like, please stop reminding me. Cause that's why the Mexico women's side is not at the Olympics. Yeah, but it's okay. Best of luck. Um, actually, Adriana and I could have gone if we wanted to because it was technically somewhat part of my new job description, but we can't because there's no external international people allowed. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to watch. We'll it have to deal here. with it. Yeah, yeah, we will. Sucks. I will. Oh well. <laughs> Still looking forward to watching the Olympics, obviously, and watching the national team see as far as they go. So best of luck to them in their future endeavors. Now, moving on to more national team news, Adriana, we get friendlies for the women's side again. So I feel, you know what, I will say before we start talking about the actual fact, I love, I love the feeling of knowing that this is like what always was supposed to be, right? We we keep saying that it just feels very normal. Like as, as the cycles that like we were just talking about with the men's, they have their friendlies coming up and we had, they have their designated days. Like we're finally respecting that for the women's side too. And it's so exciting to be able to just talk about this first and foremost i agree we were really missing out on tons of activity it, it just so seems much. as though we're so excited and everyone would be like isn't that, isn't that like what you like what should be happening isn't that like normal and we're like no we were missing we had an entire year without any activity and then we were going to these i mean i don't know if they're, they're, if they're like really high level like tournaments like the cypress cup but we were definitely not taking advantage of them so i'm, I, I'm really happy that we, we just have constant activity um we see monica vergara coming into the game so almost every week i mean we'll see her somewhere um which is really exciting and it just gives you that confidence of knowing that there's still constant research being going on regarding players that could be called up um, for different sides so i'm i'm really happy that we're actually seeing a structure um just constantly being happening we're getting a lot more communication we have a, we have a twitter account now for the women's side for the women's teams that's yeah. how, i mean I, I was psyched about that mm-hmm. yeah and I, I just correct me if i'm wrong but it always felt like i mean i've been more involved with the women's national team now for about two 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 and a half almost three years since oh, a little bit longer than we've been doing this podcast but it always felt very like oh yeah, by the way, the women are going to play. You know, it was never like this kind of thing. Like, by the way, we'll have announcements. We'll let you know when the friendlies are coming up, et cetera, et cetera. It feels very involved now. 
um, which is which is fun because it it does it has that feel that we've always had with the men's side with the national with their national team you know trainings yeah. concentraciones all that stuff it feels like now we're getting it in a way that they always deserved which is really cool so stop bearing the lead two friendlies for the women in the FIFA. In the FIFA dates, uh, Saturday, April 10th versus Slovakia, and then Tuesday, April 13th versus Spain, which should be a good one. And they just released the call-ups for this match too. I will go through them. Uh, goalkeepers will be Emily Alvarado and uh, Ceci Santiago. For the defense, Janelli Farias, Jimena Lopez, Jocelyn Orajel, Reina Reyes, Kenti Robles, Kimberly Rodriguez, Bianca Sierra. In the midfield, we've got Nancy Antonio, Rebecca Bernal, Belen Cruz, Dani Espinosa, Diana Garcia, Montse Hernandez, Nicole Perez, Maria Sanchez, and up top we've got Licha Cervantes, Renee Cuellar, Alison Gonzalez, and Stephanie Mayor. Uh, Adriana, you had a really cool thread, um, obviously involving who's returned. Obviously, we have Janelle, Renee, amongst others that are that are returning to the squad. I know there was questions in the first initial friendly, as you mentioned, who hasn't been made, but in all of that. I mean, and granted, I also look at this like we used to look at the past, right? I think the system in which the women's side was treated was always like, oh, we'll just have X, Y, and Z. And there was never that discourse of like, but what about this player? What about that player? This player is doing yeah. really well. They deserve a call up. Where now it gets me really excited because it almost feels like we have an, we have an untapped amount of depth that the national team has options for. Yeah, agreed. I mean, just the fact that there's continuity. I mean, it's not as though we want all players to be called up all the time and just have like yeah. one or two players come in. I mean, we, we do want that process of having lots of competition in different positions. It seems as though that's what we're getting. I mean, 16 players that were called up against uh, Costa Rica were called up again, but we are seeing some changes. I mean, obviously we also have to take into consideration that in that previous camp, we had Kimberly Rodriguez and Emily Alvarado miss out because they couldn't travel to Mexico City because of the yeah. weather situation. And then there's also, um, uh, we, we had those players come in and then we had 26 players being called up in that occasion. And now we only have 21 that are actually gonna have that mini camp in Europe. So just taking into consideration, there's five players left. You had those changes. You wanna look into those players as well and see um, if you can give them some minutes for this, this time and just see how they're doing. So it, it was really interesting. I mean, we did have some other five players come in. We had Diana Garcia, Belen Cruz, Rene Cuellar, Janelle Farias, and Nancy Antonio, um, who weren't in that previous camp and now will be. Um, I think the only player we kind of agreed on that we were kind of weird, um, we just thought it was a uh, weird decision not to see back was Liliana Mercado. I think that's just a player that we know has been really consistent with Tigres, really great in midfield. And we just thought she would be one of those players being back and she wasn't. So it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean as though she didn't do well in, in that previous camp. It was just weird not to see her being that, uh, getting that chance again. And I think that's what, that was the excitement for me in the discourse, right? There's definitely players that are missing still, right? I think we're still waiting. Personally, just because of the performance she's had in, in the league, I think Dani Solis is still missing. Um you know, but then you look at the, you look at the, you look at the forwards and you're just like, well, I mean, you know, you're like, you're not, a, you're not saying she's not good enough. I just think it goes back to that depth, like nice problem that we have that you look at these players that were called and yeah. you're not exactly upset by them. Like, you're not like, oh, why are we calling up this player or no, who's no, no. that player? Like we're, we're all very knowledgeable now because of the league and 
you know, we have fantastic people now that are looking at different, different Mexican-Americans and different aspects. We have the Twitter account now that acknowledges these players um, that you're content and you're like, maybe in the next round of friendlies, she'll call up another batch, you know, and you're, st- and you're still going to be like, okay, I want to see what she can do with these players as well. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, again, I don't think that it, like the fact that some players were left out just means as though they're not going to be considered in the future. Yeah, It just means that, yeah, you have to be a little bit more selective and just think about who you want to see play and where. Um, because, again, it's a camp for 21 players, not 26. Um, and you just want to take that into consideration. Some other players might be away due to injuries, COVID, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with, with the players that were called up, to be honest. I was, I was really glad to see some players to get that continuity um, just because they're younger players. I mean, let's not, not forget the fact that some of these players were looking into playing the U20 World Cup last year and they didn't. So yeah. we still have really young players in the squad. And um, unlike players that could be a bit older, you kind of do want to have a, a stronger process with them and call them up constantly and making sure that they're getting your system and just see how they're doing. So, um, yeah, lots of things to take into consideration. will be really interesting to see those games. Sadly enough, the game against Slovakia was going to be like a 3 a.m. Um, central time. So it's going to be like 1 a.m. your time. Actually, I think it's better for you, Emily. Yeah, I'd rather watch a game at 1 a.m. than 3 a.m. I'll just stay up at that point. I'm not even going to yeah. let my body rest. I'm just going to watch the game and then go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I agree uh, with Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say that the, the game against Spain is a lot better. I think it's around uh, 10 a.m., I think, or noon, something like that. So it's going to be a lot better. Actually, you know what? That's actually going to be a really cool thing to see how many people are up to watch that game against Slovakia. Because I think the other untapped or, you know, kind of like underestimated thing is just like the audience that the that this brings, you know, whether it's the Twitter account, whether it's the engagement they've been getting for the last month that they've been around. Like, I want to see now how many people actually wake up to watch that game on Saturday. That'll actually be really cool to see. But I agree with you, Adriana. I think the continuity is crucial. And I think that kind of goes into play with the league existing, which is something that we've always talked about. You know, I think Licha Cervantes going again on this European tour is huge for a player like her. I mean, she's obviously been on a huge, on a fantastic run with with Chivas. You saw that in the Clásico Nacional that happened this past weekend that we'll get into. Um, it's just, it's amazing to watch. Alison Gonzalez, obviously, who just defied all aspects of whatever in this match against San Luis I mean it's it's really good to see and it's really exciting and and even if we're humbled a little bit by this European tour I think that that should still be a good lesson for us to know moving forward yeah agreed I'm, I'm gonna love like the conclusion that have come up um, after these couple of friendlies I mean hopefully we'll have a chance of, to see both of them somehow uh not quite sure about the Slovakia one what we're gonna do we're just gonna have to follow people in Slovakia and see how they're following the game look but- Mexicans <laughs> are everywhere somebody True. somewhere has a mexican relative that lives in Slovakia. all i'm saying True. is if they're going to show this game on tv do the right thing and stream it via facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> do us all a favor we've done it before it won't be new to us we'll make you famous we'll make you famous we'll get those metrics up for you i'm just kidding we don't condone that at all i'm just saying you know if it comes up as an idea and someone throws a link i'm not not going to click it you know that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> so, great Oh, and, and, and some other thing I think we were talking about in, in the WhatsApp group is um, how we're not concerned, but it does seem as though we have way more options midfield and like in offense than we do in, in like central like defense. What? I think we're kind of A struggling. Mexican team that has defensive problems? God, this is the first <laughs> I've ever heard of this. 
but yeah, right. It doesn't. It seem as though we're kind of missing. Or is, or it just, just might be the fact that we have so many choices, um, midfield and offense, that we were we'd like to have those choices for defense as well. It seems as though I think we're we're doing okay. Um, I, I think we're just doing okay. I, I I'd rather have a little bit more options, to be honest. Just, I think that's why they're calling in Jenny Farias, for instance. Oh yeah, I mean her leadership, her leadership role is is like almost you know just that just the experience alone that she brings to the team, uh, you know just if, just from the seniority that she provides, she's going to be a wonderful asset. I'm glad to see her on the on the lineup. Yeah. I think Bernal is a good like kind of more of like a defensive midfielder, but she still pushes up. So I think you have that you know that really good person right there but yeah I, I mean Gendry Robbie is obviously fantastic and never sell Bianca Sierra as well it's just about kind of meshing it all together because there are little mistakes that can be made here and there especially against top teams which we I mean we haven't seen this era yet I mean they did fantastic against Costa Rica um, but it is like we like I said we will we might see something that we don't necessarily like against this European tour but that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing it's just like okay this is this is where we are and this is where we get we need to get to um, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's only like the center, like, like set, that central position. I think we're kind of worried about. I think we're good at like right back, left back. I mean, you've got Gandhi, you've got Bianca, um, you've got choices there. But I, I think it's only like, like, like center back position that we're, I think Monica could be struggling just a bit more than she'd like to. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, so very excited for those. Like we all said, I mean, wake up early, enjoy them. We have fantastic players that are going to be playing. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Don't have too much time other than so we're definitely going to do some lightning speed this way. But um, <laughs> I mean, the Clásicos came and went. I think those were the highlights for us going into Jornada 13. I'm going to say it, agree with me or disagree with me. I think the Clásico Nacional was more exciting than the Clásico Regio, just because of everything that involved that match. Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of kicked up a notch um, regarding that rivalry for the women's side. I think we were yeah. kind of expecting to have just a game that, that was that exciting and just that much more rivalry. We, we were kind of missing out on that like the last couple of seasons. Agreed. I was really excited to see, um, I, not that America struggled, but I was glad to see how their personality changed while, while they were struggling. Exactly. They just knew that, they, that that couldn't happen. So I was really excited to see um, just everything that happened during the game was really exciting. I mean, obviously, I'm psyched for Chivas, but um, and just seeing Leonardo Cuella take uh, just like, leave his position at the end oh of the game that was just I mean, it, it, it had to be done, truth be told, but they, they weren't doing well in the, during the season. That was just like I just didn't yeah, know but, it was. I, I mean, I said that at the I mean, we've said that we've 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 talked about that. I just I tweeted it out right at the end of the match, and I was like, man, what you've seen on the field is a system that has believed in itself, has improved time and time again, and it established a connection that extends far beyond the Cervantes, but is just utilized that much more with Lichas Cervantes. I mean, Chore Mejia was just it was just giddy in the post game press conference, he was just so happy to win his first classical. Yeah. Jaramillo and her just absolutely dominated throughout the game uh, Blanca Felix had some great saves and then you saw in America just crumble and I don't think necessarily it was their fault it was just Chivas was just that much better um in in, in yeah. every in every sense of the way I was really excited just to see America players be so frustrated because it just it it gave that game like that high rivalry that we needed that like really strong personality I mean, Hannah Gutierrez scoring that goal in the end and still having tears in her eyes just shows what it meant yeah. for them to know that they were losing such an important game at home. 
We all thought that America might have a slight advantage or a slight edge playing at home at the Azteca, but it was it was great to see both teams step up and like despite the fact that yeah America crumbled, but still you could see players being frustrated and they were angry and they knew they were under like underperforming. So it was good to see that response like from them because it just showed that that they were that much like they knew how, how how much was at stake for that game and i was ha i was happy to see that response despite the fact that it, they couldn't show it on the field so yeah i mean we were all also really um concerned well not concerned i think we were kind of surprised that loquella stepped off uh stepped out of the at, at position at the end of the game i don't think we've actually seen a coach for the mx feminine just like just resign at the end of a game like that i, I don't think so yeah. um and also remember that he's one of the two coaches that was left from that first inaugural season from the Mekis Femenil. We've only, only Nialna Davila is left. She's the only coach that has been there from the start now. Wow. So will be really interesting to see also how, like who America chooses to take on that position. Probably next semester. I don't actually think they'll take, uh, they'll, they'll have someone for this semester. I think they'll just leave Hugo Ruiz for the remainder of the semester. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic that's played since then. I mean, I was on that Zoom call as soon as he stepped up and he was like, we're not going to ask questions. I'm just going to let you know that I've resigned. They've accepted and, you know, effective immediately. This is what's going to happen. Um, I think it's a very, I, I think, yeah, I, there was no other choice to make, right? I think the players felt that way. I mean, Hannah Gutierrez, I, I, she, she, she gives so much. And then to, for her to score that goal and have that phase where she's just, you know, she's just crumbling. It just, it really broke your heart because you, they understood and everybody understood like this is, this can't continue. Right. So I, I don't know Lea Cuello's intentions or anything by any means. Um, but the players have expressed so much gratitude to him um, th throughout the week on social, you know, saying like he came to see me and, you know, he's the one that invited me to come play. I think that's something that even national team players or even Monica Vergara has, herself has always talked about, you know, his belief in the system. There's no denying what he's done for women's soccer. Um, you know, and it is, a sh it is a shame in its own sense to have it end this way. Um, Cause I think with the national team, excuse me, it is slightly you know, for what it's worth, tainted. Um, and then with America, you know, it, it does feel like that as well. Um, it also just kind of feels like, is it too late? Because we said that. We said that to preview this game. If they don't win, the confidence is just not there anymore. I think even since last season, right, we've talked about an America that's not, not exactly one that's feared anymore. I think teams have figured out their system or lack of one um, and then just kind of capitalize and pounce on those mistakes. So, I mean, it might just end up being that they don't make the league. Yeah. And yeah, then they have to really work to fix everything. Cuellar has dismissed himself. So where do they go from here? But it's going to be interesting to see what happens these next few weeks with them. Definitely. It will be great to see like where the project is going, who they want to have. Uh, probably just, yeah, again, looking into long-term, not necessarily only next season, but bring in those younger players, make sure you're doing well. We're probably going to have a U17 tournament for the MX-78 as well. So see how that kind of blends in with the, with the new project. So it'll be definitely really interesting to see how America responds to this. I, I guess you could call it a crisis. Um, and then moving on, obviously, to Clásico Regio, like we said, even though I think America versus Chivas had everything, I mean, everything possible that could have happened, the Regios still showed us an exciting game. I won't take that away from them. I think it was a really exciting game. By the way, hats off to Christina Birkenrode for scoring the first goal. She was on our pod, and then she scored a goal in the Clásico. You make of that yeah. what you will. But um, exactly. I, 
it was still an exciting game. I still enjoyed it. I think the Regios obviously bring us a different level to it. They've shown that they're, you know, through and through the top teams in the league. Um, and I enjoyed the match for what it's worth. Yeah, great. It, it was a pretty great match as well. I mean, I, I love the fact we have both rivalries. Uh, we spoke about the fact of whether one could be the, the actual Clásico Nacional or not. I'm going to stay and just defend my position. There's no way that the Clásico Regio will be the Clásico Nacional. Just own, uh, just especially own the after game that already, last man. game. Yeah, exactly. And especially after the last game, you could be like, no, there's, there's no you, you need to divide a country for that to actually be worth, like, like a discussion worth having, right? Um, so, but yeah, I was really happy to see, um, to see that game on Monday night. It, it just lived up to the expectations. Um, I mean, I was looking at it, I was like, God, we, we could really have an entire, like, Regio national team if we wanted to. Um, hopefully we won't come to that, but it was really exciting to see those players do as well as they did. Um, kind of weird not seeing the Cine Montivais from the get-go. That I was kind of something I, I, I was not expecting, to be honest. When you have the top-scoring player in the history of the league and not have your start for a Clásico Regio, despite the fact that you do have really amazing players in that position, I was just, I don't know, expecting them to be a little bit more, um, yeah, just try to attack a bit more, maybe have her and Christine at the same time. I don't know, something like really aggressive I was expecting, but still really exciting game and really happy that we had both games just live up to the expectations being uh, specifically on a weekend where we didn't have uh, activity on the men's side as well. Agreed. Death taxes and Becerra bringing in Aileen in the 70 minute. Man, give her more time. Like she's going to leave. She's, she's going to leave. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. But I enjoyed it. It was exciting. Um, the, with that with that draw, Tigres actually became the first team to classify for the Liguilla. Um, so congratulations to them. I mean, at this point, they just have to sail through their next couple matches. Um, and then moving on to Jornada 14. I mean, Alison Gonzalez and Atlas also a 2-1 victory over San Luis. So they've, they're the second ticket to secure their place in the Liguilla. But oh my God, that second goal was just amazing that that was like the killer goal the one that they're comparing to maradona the maradonian goal yes that was killer yeah i love the fact that it was it was like it, it people said this is like a maradonian goal and i was like yes we need that you might not agree but i love that the conversation comes up during the games i mean she scored now i called it the one that she scored against america i called it the salatanes goal now she has a maradonian goal like she she's a big deal she's we're, i'm just so excited i hope she has a really good performance with the national team also it was exciting um, you know, San Luis did get the first goal. So you were like, ooh, you know, this 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 <laughs> this season has been crazy. And then Alison Gonzalez goes and does her thing. So definitely um, good matches. Other matches to look forward to for this week. Um, Querétaro versus León, only because Adriana, in my opinion, at this point, uh, I mean, we obviously bow at the altar of Carla Rossi, but I think her experiment has not even been close to what she was able to do last season. I mean, they're sitting in 15th place right now with 10 points out of what, like 42. It's the sophomore year is a struggle for, for Querétaro and Carlo Rossi. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, hopefully, I, I usually think teams are more capable of actually having great change like during the summer, just because it's a longer rest period. You usually have more transfers during that, that off season. So yeah, de but definitely it was way like further away from what we all expected to be with, with Carla Rossi. Um, hopefully, I mean, still she'll have a strong end of the season, but it definitely looks as though, um, yeah, Liguilla is too far away to make up for it at this point. Uh, tomorrow we've got Chivas versus Pumas. That should definitely be a really exciting match. Um, I'm not sure mathematically if Chivas wins, do they also secure their spot in the Liguilla? Um, let me see. Third place, they have 27 points. 
I guess so. Um, I have to do some math, but it, it does seem as though because they're only three points away from Atlas. So if Atlas qualified last week with 30 yeah. points, I'm guessing Chivas could do the same this week. So yeah, it seems as though, yeah, they'll probably make it into Liguilla. Yeah, well, it will make it interesting for Pumas as they also fight for a Liguilla position. And we got Puebla versus Rayadas, Toluca versus Mazatlan, Tigres versus Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul that we said, I mean, they're so close to securing their very first position, but they ended up losing last week. Um, and against Tigres, it just overcomplicates it that much more. Um, then we got Santos versus, again, a struggling America. Don't know how they do now under Ruiz, um, but we'll definitely look forward to that. And then we end it with Pachuca versus um, Cholos. I mean, Adriana, we had a jam-packed conversation today. We had some we had some children walk in here and play with my hair. We had traffic issues. But is there anything else you want to add to today's <laughs> conversation? Um, no, I mean, just... Again, keep up with the conversation, social media, hashtag LiamXFM, ENG. Tons of stuff is coming up. Look up, um, looking out for players in the national team, follow up, um, see how they're doing, and just start seeing those Liguilla positions slowly, um, just, yeah, slowly disappear for some of the teams. Yeah, and then welcome back. Welcome uh, LiamX men's site for their return. If you want to have any information about that, go ahead and go listen to the Ligamex preview because Adriana and I are busy and we got to go. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. As always, keep up with the content. I mean, there's tons of it now. We have always loved Mexican soccer, but now there's even more on the women's side too, which just makes it that much more um, wholesome and, and, and exciting to look forward to because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.